Hello, and welcome to Not For The... Woo! <laughs> Dinner table! Hey! Oh, Dave, we're not together. Quarantine table. Welcome to the quarantine table. I know. It's so gross. It is so gross. I'm in the mm -hmm. shed in Little Dean. And I'm in my office in Brockworth. Oh, so yeah, safe. We're all on our own sims. I know. It's very sad and very strange. It is. I don't know Did... how uh, how it's going to work. Well, this is the foreseeable future of not for the quarantine table. Not for the Isn't quarantine it? table. This is what life is going to be like. This is it. <laughs> it's this. This is, this. It. this is it. We will be. <laughs> this time forever. I know it's Corona. <laughs> Apart forever. We're going to get so drunk when we actually get to uh, record together again. Yeah, literally the drunkest I've ever been apart from last night. It will be a messy, <laughs> messy episode. <laughs> <laughs> it will be. <laughs> so what are we talking about then, Dave? So tonight we are talking about cryptids. Woohoo! That's exciting, isn't it? It is exciting. In an episode we are calling Snally Cats. Snally Cats! Snally Cats! Snally Cats! I love it. So. <laughs> but we hope everyone who is listening is staying safe during this quarantine period of time and is not going out and is adhering to their whatever government you are a part of their guidelines please stay inside yeah, and stay please. safe and save lives yeah, but we thought that we would life. just add a new segment at the start of the show um with regards to things that you could be doing whilst in quarantine so here i mean you might not want them but we thought we would give you some <laughs> recommendations of yeah. what we um have been listening to watching all that jazz yeah. So, Safe, what are your recommendations? Um, well, obviously, everybody's talking about it. Tiger King. Oh, my gosh. So good. So good. We finished it last night. Yeah. And it was just the most bizarre, surreal, crazy thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. It's... I just couldn't believe, I, every single episode I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> I know. It was just incredible. So bizarre. I it is, it, That was proper car crash TV. Like, you had to keep watching it. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. What about yours? Um, so my TV show is going to be the same because I think everyone's watching it. But if you haven't watched it and you're listening to this podcast and you have Netflix, go and watch it. Um, mm. For a podcast, I'm going to recommend Varmint's podcast with Paul and Donna. Uh, oh. It's really great for individuals, but also for families. If you've got some little ones, it's family friendly. Um, oh. If you're into animals, 
then this is the show for you. As in each episode, uh, Paul and Donna choose an animal and then they provide tons of fun and interesting facts. It's lovely. So check out Varmint's podcast. That sounds really nice. Yeah, I think Ernie would really like it. Yeah, I'm going to have to download that. Mm. Defo. Got any more recommendations, Soph? Well, um, I would definitely, while you're out doing your shopping, pick up a copy of Kitchen Garden magazine this week because you get a lot of free seeds and so you can grow your own vegetables for the oncoming apocalypse. And also (laughs) it's got a really great little book of 77 ways to make gardening easier. That's what I sent oh, cool. uh, that picture of uh, the hoe is, my friend is a hoe, or my whatever it said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's great. I was like, really bitch, good. what you call me? <laughs> <laughs> you hoe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my recommendations. Fab. So listeners, if you've got any recommendations for us, why not get in touch? You can email us on notforthedinnertable at gmail.com. And while you're at it, you could also enter our competition. Why don't you tell them about it, Soph? Oh, yes. So you can uh, message us on any of our social media. What did I call it last week? Services. Services. Social media services. Any of our social media services with a screenshot of your five-star review. Um, And also, you could win a wallet, a Ouija wallet. It's spectacular. There's pictures on our Instagram. Check it out. Um, Or you could win a Gugor, which are little hanging decorations of a palmistry hand, a pumpkin, or a ghost, which are all hand-painted by myself, but not for the dinner table. Yes. So all you need to do is submit a five-star review to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and uh, screenshot it and send it to us, please. Yes. Please, please, please send them in. That would be awesome. Fabulous. Okay, so, well, have you got any news? Um, yes, I've got news. No news is good news, but some news might be nice news. Not for the dinner table news. So what news you got, Safe? Oh, um, right. Okay, so firstly, I've got a little apology corner. (laughs) (laughs) You know exactly what this is for, don't you? Yes. So uh, it's... Last week, last time we recorded, I said that Foo Fighters were a UFO-shaped spacecraft, no, shaped planes that the German army had built, um, and they're not. (laughs) (laughs) They were UFO sightings, what, what the army referred to as UFO sightings in the war. So Foo Fighters were what were referred to as the UFOs sightings, not actually Nazi planes. No. But they Never mind. 
<laughs> yes, they could. Yeah. They could have been. Right. Do you want me to do my... I've got, I've got three bits. I've got one okay, bit well, uh... and two other bits. <laughs> I've got just one bit. Okay. So, <laughs> Soph, yeah. I put the question to Twitter. Pump soap or soap? Pump, 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 pump soap. And Twitter answered the call. <laughs> the tweet went like this. <laughs> so, if you've listened to episode 37, you may have heard us debating what you call soap that comes in a bottle with a pump. We need to end this debate, so <laughs> let Twitter decide. What do you call it? The options were pump soap, soap and other with comments below. With a whopping 83% of the vote, soap won the vote. No. Yes, yes, yes. yes. We also had two comments from uh, at Olivia underscore Mickle from the amazing What's Her Name podcast. She said, I, I think almost, <laughs> she said, I think almost everyone I know in the US calls this hand soap or occasionally liquid soap as opposed to just soap, which generally means like soap in bar form. And oh. another person called Sarah Alicia, I uh, think I'm pronouncing that right, at Sarah Alicia, Lovely. said, it's just soap unless they want to specify. Then it's liquid soap. Liquid so, soap? We never thought of liquid soap. No. I know. Well, I'm still going to call it pump soap. <laughs> you do that. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm going to get you a t-shirt that says pump soap. Yeah, hashtag pump soap. Hashtag pump soap. <laughs> um, so we talked about um, Captain Cook a few episodes ago, Dave. We did. Our friend Rob sent us a little uh, article on why Captain Cook was not so great. Because we said that he was like he found Australia, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, did lots of mapping. Um, yeah, and said that he was a great guy. A great but guy. Unfortunately, unfortunately, he was not. So he, when he arrived in Australia, before he even got off the boat, he shot an an Aborigine person. Why? Just because. What a dick. I know. Um, he is no longer considered to have discovered Australia as it already had 60,000 years of Aboriginal history. Good. Statues of Captain Cook are regularly vandalised um, with slogans such as No Pride in Genocide. Wow. And change the date of Australia Day, because that coincides with when he landed. Um, and good riddance. Oh. What a twat. What a dick. So literally, he just tipped up in a ship and then yeah. shot someone as yeah. soon as he got there. Yeah. What a prick. I know. Well, thanks, Rob. Thanks for letting us know. Thanks, Rob, for keeping us up to date on Captain Cook Facts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my last little bit of news. 
um, was uh, last time we recorded, I spoke about a film with a UFO in. I couldn't remember what it was. It just appeared in the sky. And the film was, and M from Verbal Diorama will love this, um, it was The Day the Earth Stood Still, starring Keanu Reeves. Oh! Yeah, do you remember it? Yeah, I do. And yes, you're right, M will love that. She will love it. <laughs> We've got an obligatory Keanu reference in. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Is it my is it my turn to go first? It is your turn to go first, Sophie. So whenever you're ready, hit me with your cryptid stick. <laughs> <laughs> hit me. <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna <laughs> smack you upside the head with the big <laughs> <laughs> with the cryptid that is big cats yes big cat sightings i love it i really wanted to talk about big cat sightings uh because i've lived in the forest of dean obviously all my life and i've heard many people say that they've witnessed big cats out in the woods really yeah loads like that's crazy yeah i know mad when i was younger and possibly still now i used to go for walks with the intention of finding big cats i love that you say and possibly still now <laughs> like sometime that is your intention okay andy i'm just off to go and find a big cat now <laughs> <laughs> oh dear but wouldn't it be cool to see one? Oh, so cool but absolutely shit your pants at the same time i mean they can run a lot faster than we can yeah exactly and climb trees scary shit so i'd also like to caveat that i had not watched tiger king before i chose this subject <laughs> okay okay um because i talked to you about it before hadn't i i wanted to do it yes i can confirm ladies and gentlemen listening to this podcast uh guys what do we, was it girls guys and no guys gals and non-binary pals listening to this podcast <laughs> that she did choose this subject before we watched tiger king yeah I did. I don't know about you, just before you crack yeah. on, but I cannot get um, the song out of my head, I Saw Tiger. Like, oh I can't, can't get it out of my head. <laughs> Every time I wake up in the morning, I'm like, I saw Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, no. I literally want to listen to his songs all the time. Abby, Abby. They're hysterical. Right, so I'm going to begin with a few facts about big cats. Do it. Big cats are carnivores and require a lot of raw meat, Dave. Good. Can you tell that I've typed up my notes this week? <laughs> I love it. When I, saw, when I saw the post on Instagram that said that you'd used a computer, I was like, oh my God. She's got, <laughs> really she, 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 I was like, 
clearly uh, quarantine is not sitting well with her. No, I'm freaking out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They can eat up to 15 pounds of meat per day. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, it's loads. In the wild, they hunt deer, fish, gazelles and any other animals they can kill. Wow, but not in the forest because we don't have gazelles in the forest. No, no gazelles here. (laughs) (laughs) In England, the ownership of dangerous wild animals is permitted, but the owner must obtain a licence for each animal held. I did not know that. All, well, this is uh, an article that I read and I just realised that I did not check the date on it. <laughs> <laughs> so it might not be allowed now. <laughs> anyway, moving on. All cats, including... <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> All cats, including Bobcat... Cheetah, jaguar, leopard, lion, lynx, ocelot, puma, serval, serval, and tiger are subject to ownership restrictions. Oh. Yeah, this obviously leads to people illegally buying and selling big cats. Therefore, we have no trace if people simply buy the cats and then let them go into the wild. Wow. We can't talk about big cats without a mention of the Beast of Bodmin. No. The So the Beast of Bodmin is probably one of the most famous big cat stories ever, I would have thought. Yeah. In British folklore, the Beast of Bodmin Moor in Cornish is, is said Beast Goon Bren. Oh. Is a phantom wildcat reported to live in Cornwall. The Beast Grun Ben. Beast Goon Bren. Beast Goon Bren. Yeah. I like it. I know. Bodmin Moor became a centre of reported sightings after 1978. Reports of mutilated animals and alleged panther like cats in the same region, um, came popularly popular... Oh, my God. Listen. You got this. You got this. Let me just start that again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Of the same region became popularly known as the Beast of Bodmin Moor. Mm -hmm. It has been claimed that animal trainer Mary Chipperfield released three pumas into the wild following the closure of her Plymouth Zoo in 1978. And the subsequent <laughs> sightings of animals gave rise to rumours of the beast. Ooh. Now, Mary, I did a little bit of looking around at Mary, and she was kind of the UK version of the Tiger King. No. (laughs) She was born in a trailer in Old Kentish Town in London and grew up in a circus. Oh, gosh, yeah, she was. She really was. 
Uh, and she was also convicted in 1999 of cruelty to animals and paid £8,500 in damages. What's her name? Mary Chipperfield. Mary Chipperfield. Yeah. She's a right bitch. Uh, so that's a little bit about the Beast of Bodmin. So I'm yeah. going to move on now to Big Cats in the Forest of Dean. So, Dave, do you think there are big cats in the forest? I do now. <laughs> do you think there's big cats in Gloucestershire in general? Well, there are lots of stories about big cats in the Gloucestershire area, not just in the forest, because there have been sightings, I think, up in Cranham and thing, and, and sort of that area in Stroudway. So. Yeah, yeah, loads in Stroud. Yeah. Um, there are so many stories and a huge amount of photos, a few of which I've got, which I'll put on Instagram. And I would show yeah. you, Dave, but obviously you're not here. I should have texted you them, shouldn't I? It's okay. Um, <laughs> so I decided to put a little call out on Facebook to see if anyone in the forest had seen a big cat. Yeah. I was not prepared for the amount of comments I got back. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to read you um, <clears throat> just like a couple of them. So uh, Donna says she saw one on the Whitecroft to Lydney Road. There was lots of snow and the trees were bare. It was just sat up on the embankment. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, my Auntie Sally said that uh, when I was doing her nails the other week, which actually, this is right, she was like, oh, something really big just ran across the top of the hill, which you can see from the window. And she was like, oh, maybe it was a dog. But she now thinks that maybe it was a big cat. Oh, my gosh. I know. Um, somebody saw one. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Um, in Linear Park in Cinderford. We were walking our dog and suddenly something went running by really quickly. Long tail and her husband saw it too. And it was about 6.30pm. Much bigger than a normal domestic cat. Um, the, their story actually made it to the paper. Gosh. Loads of people really, really interested in this subject though. Um, somebody, one of my friends called Maya says, yes, she saw one, not a black one though. There was a large spotted cat in Linning Woods in Mitchell Dean. Um, yeah. Her Rottweiler was scared and became submissive. Not natural for her at all. That was six years ago. Oh my gosh. I know. Pat saw a large black cat by Hearts of the Forest School, which is right by the speech house. Yeah. Um, going into the woods a few years ago. Um, Jackie saw one a few years ago running into the woods down from Worrell Hill in Cinderford. It's craziness. Someone saw it, one at New Fancy View. 100% uh, Paul saw one. 100% saw something by Steam Mills a few months ago. And it was so they're no literally, they're so literally everywhere. The, what you're telling me, Save, is the forest is infested, it's infested with big cats. With big cats. I had 45 comments. Of separate sightings. Of separate sightings. 
well, I'm never coming to podcast with you again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. So, um, right. So I've got a little story about Brockworth, actually, Dave. Fuck off. (laughs) No, I have. Seriously. Okay. I'll tell you my little story. A man was on his way for a meal with his girlfriend early evening when he saw a big cat in a pub car park. Wow. I know. Frank said, Frank's the man. A man was going to the Crosshands pub in Brockworth in April 2013. There's an old cricket pitch behind it. It is by an a copse of trees the couple got out of the car and they saw a black cat they described it as having a long black tail and a long back the man was stunned as he saw the big cat with a rabbit in its mouth so he could assess the size of the creature by this the big cat just walked along the edge of the field and disappeared into the cover what in Brockworth in Brockworth. Yeah. Crazy. I don't like it. <laughs> so, uh one of my friends on my little what's uh, on my Facebook said that actually the Forestry Commission several years ago had verified that there are absolutely big cats living in the Forest of Dean area. Wow. I got straight on my mate Google. <laughs> um, straight on the Googs. Straight on the Googs. And this is um, a bit of an excerpt from uh, an article by James Woodward for the Independent Online. Right? Okay. So bear with yes. me here because I'm going to, I'm reading. Two big cats were caught on camera by rangers who were filming a deer survey the Forestry Commission revealed today. Under a Freedom of Information Act request, the government agency confirmed that two sightings of large cats have taken place in the last seven years. Experts monitoring deer using thermal imaging cameras spotted the animals on two separate occasions in different parts of the Forest of Dean. What? Yep. He said, both were observed in low light using heat-activated vision equipment while they were carrying out a deer census. So my favourite thing about that is that they do a census of deer. I mean, we need to do those things. The colour of the animals could not be made out, but these are very experienced guys and they know what it is and what is and what isn't a deer. One (laughs) 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 These guys are experienced. Um, They They know how to spot a deer. They do. They were like, that's not a deer. (laughs) We don't know what it is, but it's not a deer. No, it is not. Um, The first sighting was on the outskirts of Churchill Enclosure, east of Park End, in February 2002. The second was on the southern slopes of Staple Edge in March 2005. Wow. I know. It's mad, isn't it? So that's 15 years ago. So if they've been around for that length of time, or that was the first time they were spotted... 
They're yeah. bound, if like there was a breeding pair, yeah. there's bound to be loads of them now. Yeah, definitely. Or do you think you need more than one breeding pair? Mm, yeah, maybe. Um, the freedom in the wild is uh, attributed to a range of sources from escaped zoos and circus animals. You oh. see? You see what I mean? These people yeah. are letting them go. Gosh. Yeah. His, um, so Rob Guest, who was present at both sightings, said that his team were interested, excited and surprised when the unmistakable thermal images appeared in the gloom. It was the clear shape of the animal's long tails that told Mr. Guest's crew they were not dealing with deer. <laughs> we are not dealing with deer. Nope. You basically get white image upon a black background. So it was really clear, very obvious, and definitely a big cat. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. That's so cool. So, Dave, there is a 100% bona fide big cats in the Forest of Dean. So you've literally just confirmed a real cryptid is existence. Yep, I have. You are the cryptid queen. I love cryptids and cryptids love me. <laughs> <laughs> they do love you. They do. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that was so cool. I'm glad you liked it. I did very much. What are you talking about? Well, Soph, I'm going back to the 1700s. What? To talk about a cryptid that I'd heard of before, but never really knew a lot about. It hangs on the fringes of popular culture, lurking and stalking. Don't get too close or it may snatch you away, never to be seen again. Oh my goodness me. I'm talking about the Snallygaster. Snallygaster? <laughs> Have you heard of it before? Never, ever, ever, ever. I mean, first off, it has the best name of any cryptid I think I've ever heard of. Absolutely. Yes. So our American listeners may be familiar with the Snallygaster because it originates in America. Oh. But I've only heard of the name... And as I said, never knew much about the creature or its history. So the Snallygaster is a dragon-like beast said to inhabit central Maryland and the Washington, D.C. area, particularly the metro area. The legend... Particularly. Particularly. Uh, <laughs> the legend of the Snallygaster dates back to the 1730s and comes from the Ger German... Immigrants. <laughs> the German immigrants who told stories of a quick spirit known as the Schnellergeist in German. The Schnellergeist? The Schnellergeist. Literally, Dave, you are killing it with all the words tonight. <laughs> 
the earliest descriptions of the Snallygaster mixed a half the half bird features of the Greek siren with the horrifying features of demons and ghouls. That's craziness. I know. It sounds terrifying. But in later accounts, it was described as having large bird-like wings, but the rest of its body was covered in reptilian-like scales. Its claws were large and hook-like, and its beak was made of metal, lined with razor-sharp teeth, and in some cases, octopus-like tentacles, which protruded from its mouth. Oh my god. I know. This sounds horrific. I know. Some stories claimed that the creature only had one eye and was 20 foot long. Oh no, had a 20 foot long tail. Oh wow. So it's a huge creature. It's hard to miss. Indeed, you're not going to miss a snallygaster. No, you are not. So the creature would swoop silently in the sky to pick up and carry off its victims. It would then drain them of their blood and discard their bodies. No. (laughs) In the 1730s, the area of the Blue Ridge Mountains in Maryland was settled by German immigrants. Once once (laughs) settled, early accounts of the community described them being terrorised by a monster that, as I said, they called the Schnellergeist. The creature was said to live in a cave within the South Mountain, which was a part of the Blue Ridge Mountains. It would come from its cave, fly down and steal away farm animals and children, taking them back to the cave and draining them of their blood. Oh my God. What makes this stranger is that the Snallygaster has an arch enemy or a nemesis, if you will. Oh, who is it? So another cryptid within the area is called the Dwayo, which is D-W-A-Y-Y-O, or the Maryland Wolfman. The Dwayo is said to have features similar to a wolf with dark fur and a long bushy tail, but the difference is that the Dwayo stands like a human and uses its forelegs like arms. It's meant to be, yes, indeed. So like we've got Wolfman and... Crazy octopus tentacle dragon beast. This is nuts. So they're meant to have vicious encounters that date back to the early settlement of the Middletown area of Maryland. But that's all I'm going to go into about the Dwayu. I just okay. wanted you to know that the Snallygaster does have an arch nemesis. It sounds like the lion and the unicorn. Yeah, kind of does, doesn't it? Well, this was the next thing that I was looking into, because whilst I was doing my research, I kind of felt that the Snallygaster sounded like the mythical beast, the cockatrice. Have you heard of a cockatrice? A cock-a-what? A A cockatrice. (laughs) No. So some some people pronounce it cockatrice, but it's spelled like cockatrice. Oh. Do you just like saying cock? (laughs) (laughs) So... uh, the cockatrice is a two-legged <laughs> is a two-legged dragon or serpent with the head of a rooster, or it's oh a mix God. of a serpent and a rooster. So, like bird stuff, dragony stuff. That's where I kind of think maybe the 
tale of the Snallygaster may be evolved from this mythical beast known as the cockatrice. Okay. It, it was said that the cockatrice could kill people just by looking at them, touching them, or even sometimes breathing on them. But it appears that the myth of the cockatrice may have originated in England or France rather than Germany. Mm. Yes. So the legend of the Snallygaster continued in the area during the 1800s. Supposedly, it was used to frighten freed slaves. Oh. So pretty gross. Yeah. But it wasn't really until the 1900s that the Snallygaster had a resurgence of fame. Mm. And this is where it's really quite cool. Newspaper accounts throughout February and March of 1909 describe encounters between local residents and a beast with enormous wings, a long-pointed bill, claws with that are like steel hooks, and an eye in the centre of its forehead. It was said that its cries and screeches were like a locomotive whistle. This is literally terrifying. I'm on my own <laughs> in the podcast shed and I'm shitting myself now. You're going to get snallygasted. I'm going to get snallygasted my ass off. <laughs> I'm so literally one... <laughs> keep looking out the window now. I'm shitting myself. Why do you always do such scary things when I'm on my own? I'm sorry. So one particular article which featured in Maryland's uh, Valley Register newspaper claimed that a man had been seized by the winged creature, which then proceeded to sink its teeth into his jugular and drain him of his blood before discarding the dead man's body along a hillside. Oh, my God. It's like vampires. I know. But like dragon vampires. Dragon vampires. Drampires. Drampires. So soon this story spread far and wide to the point where the Smithsonian Institution, do you know what the Smithsonian Institution is? Mm, refresh my mem. So the Smithsonian Institution is a group of museums and research centres administered by the US government. Aha, uh -huh. we've spoken about them, I'm sure. Maybe yeah, well, the still skulls? Yes. Definitely. Because the Smithsonian Museum, like the one that everyone knows about, is in Washington, D.C. That's it, because the crystal yeah. skull is there. Or... Yes. Right, yeah. So the Smithsonian Institute offered a reward for the hide of the Snallygaster. Oh and God. it even got to the point where the then president, Theodore Roosevelt, reportedly considered postponing an international trip so he could personally hunt and kill the beast. That's ridiculous. I mean, that's the movie that I want to see. Yes. Where is Return of the Snallygaster? I want I'm sick of seeing the go-to monster movies. It's either yeah. the it's like The Mummy or Wolfman or Dracula. Godzilla. I want to see President Hunting the Snallygaster. Me too. The President and the Snallygaster. That's what we so, want to see. So I thought we could have like the first one could be called the Snallygaster. Yeah. And like that one probably doesn't go too well for Theodore, old Roosevelt. No. And then we can have Snallygaster 2, Roosevelt's Revenge. Oh my God, I love it. 
Yeah. So maybe like, maybe at the end of the first one, like Theodore Roosevelt gets really badly injured, but he kills the Snallygaster, but he doesn't actually know that the Snallygaster's laid loads of eggs. So there are loads of baby Snallygasters. (gasps) And then like at the start of the second one, they come and like kill like loads of people, maybe some family people. And then it's like Roosevelt's Mm. revenge. Or I thought it could be called Snally Disaster. I like Roosevelt's Revenge. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I know. So, with all of this Snallygaster fever, it wasn't long before sightings of the cryptid were found far and wide across America. In New Jersey, footprints were reportedly discovered in the snow. In West Virginia, the creature almost caught a woman near the town of Scrabble. And yes, there is a town called Scrabble in West Virginia which is cool. That is really cool. It was also claimed that in Sharpsburg, Maryland, they came across the beast roosting in a barn. Within its huge nest was an egg, which was the size of a whiskey barrel. What? I know. In Ohio, a man claimed a strange creature flew over him, making a terrible screeching sound. The man's description of the creature matched that of the Snallygaster. Mm. In Maryland, where the cryptid... I find Maryland really difficult to say. Why? Because like, when I say, like, Maryland... Yeah, Maryland. But it's, Mar- but it's Maryland, isn't it? M- Maryland. Mar- Maryland. It's really difficult Maryland. for an, like an English accent to say Maryland. Just say it in a British, proper British way. Maryland. <laughs> Maryland. Right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> in Maryland, where the cryptid originated, it was first sighted by a man who was working at a brick burning kiln. He spotted the strange creature sleeping near the kiln, and when it awoke, it screamed and flew away. Other sightings across Maryland ensued, including the claim of another egg being found. The final sighting was more of a battle. In March of 1909, three men were said to have fought the beast in Frederick County for nearly an hour before chasing it off into the woods, never to be seen again. What the devil is going on here? I know. So it then wasn't seen for another 23 years when it then appeared again in Frederick County, Maryland. The first reports were it was just a huge bird just below the South Mountain. But the second sighting gave life to the theory that a Snallygaster lived for approximately 20 years and that the new sightings were the offspring of the 1909 creature. Hmm. Further sightings confirmed the description of the creature to the Valley Register newspaper, and so the Snallygaster, or Snallygaster Jr., had returned. Oh my God. However, all did not end well for Snallygaster Jr. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) I will tell you. It was claimed to have died in Washington County, where it was overcome by the fumes of a moonshine still and fell from the sky into a 2,500-gallon vat of alcohol. No, it didn't. 
But if that's the case, Sophie, why was there no body? Well, apparently, agents soon arrived to destroy the body and the vat of alcohol. Because there would have been agents trying to stop, like, um, what's it? Moonshine stills. Yeah. But if you're an agent and you like find the moonshine still and then you see that sort of beast in it, you're going to be freaked out, aren't you? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So the latest sighting or claim of a Snallygaster came in the form of the 2014 TV show Mountain Monsters. Where they what? went to Prest <laughs> Yes. Where they went to Preston County to hunt the so-called Snallygaster. This is craziness. What is going on? An alleged sighting had placed a strange bird-like creature in the area that had abducted coyotes from a trap. The team go on the hunt, which culminates in multiple snallygasters attacking them whilst they're sheltered in a house. They eventually make a run from it and abandon their hunt, though I imagine that this may have been all for entertainment purposes rather than an actual snallygaster or a group of snallygasters existing. I can't believe that there's more than one now. There's loads of snallygasters. I mean, Maryland is rife with snallygasters. It's like the Forest of Dean with the big cats. It is. Infestation of snallycats. Oh no. (laughs) So I'd just like to say a special shout out to legendsofamerica.com where I got a lot of my information for that story. Aw, thanks, legendsofamerica.com. Thanks, legendsofamerica.com. <laughs> um, I think the Snallygaster sounds a little bit like... Have you ever watched Jeepers Creepers? Oh, my God, so much like the guy from Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. Like big flying oh. winged weird thing. Oh, yeah. no. Don't like no, it. No, no, no. Oh God, that's really weird. And I I love that I've never heard of that one. Yeah. Well, I'd heard the name, but I'd never knew about the actual cryptid, so I wanted to explore. That's brilliant. Well, listeners, thank you for coming along to the first quarantine lockdown episode of yeah, not for the dinner table you. if you enjoy the podcast and you want to help it grow then tell a friend about not for the dinner table you can follow us on our social media services on twitter <laughs> at nftdt on instagram at not for the underscore dinner table on facebook at not for the dinner table or you can email us on not for the dinner table at gmail.com and you can send us your listener stories which can be about ghosts cryptids ufos any sort of high strangeness that you may have encountered we want to hear about high or you strangeness? can high strangeness that's amazing have you, have you never heard that term never high strangeness oh it's like the sugar balls of this episode <laughs> high strangeness I thought we were going to get through the whole episode without mentioning sugar balls. (laughs) (laughs) We failed. The best thing ever. (laughs) Uh, You can also send us your questions and don't forget to submit your competition entries. 
You can leave us a review wherever you found the podcast, but especially on Apple Podcasts if you use that platform, because it really helps us get up in the charts. You can listen to Not For The Dinner Table on SoundCloud, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. The podcast is written and produced by us, Sophie, and David, and our logo was created by Kaylee, and you can see more of her work on Instagram at... K creates design and our music is by chris scott and remember everyone is welcome at our dinner table except Um, what's that bitch name what's her name hang on hang on what's her name hang on oh no see this is why i don't know mary mary chipperfield Mary bitch face Chipperfield. Yeah, get off your fucking animal abuser. Get out of my table, you bitch. (laughs) Oh, bye. Goodbye. Oh, I miss you. Oh, I miss you too. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to see you now? The Dinner Table is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.